What's up, everybody, and welcome back to HMA Fantasy Wrestling, episode number 27. I am here today with my guys, Earl Smith of The Open Mat and Jack Mueller, ready to take on the next or the last quarter of the bracket of the, the first round. Um, but we're ready to jump into this thing. So uh, how are you doing today, Jack? Doing well. Ready to talk some wrestling, like always. Heck yeah. And how about you, Earl? Uh, couldn't be couldn't be much better. Got a big day today, so I'm excited. Changing the teams up with the hat, I see. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little uh, a little annoyed about baseball right now, so uh, they're they're on my bad list. So I'll wear a non <laughs> a non baseball hat today. Uh, right. My dad's a huge Texas Rangers fan, but he's kind of a bandwagoner. So recently, he's been a Yankees fan. Oh no, that's no good. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad it's bad I'm just I'm glad the Braves are good again because I'm from Georgia so that's you know Georgia sports is not a not a fun place to grow up being a sports fan is usually make it to the championship and then lose in the most embarrassing way possible hey at least you're making it to the championship <laughs> last time a Dallas sports teams made the championship was when we won in 2011 so it's been a decade of drought pretty much for us I don't know, man. Do you want to just not be there or do you want to be there two years in a row? So I'm a, obviously I'm a Falcons fan and I graduated from the University of Georgia. And so the Falcons go to the Super Bowl up 28 to three and lose to the Patriots. Just couldn't figure out how to run the ball being up 25 points. I don't and, know if you're a baseball fan, but in 2012 or 2011, we were playing the St. Louis Cardinals. The Texas Rangers were in the World Series. And we were up 3-2, and Nelson Cruz, he's talked about this before. He said he played up a little bit because he wanted to be the first one to celebrate. It was like ninth inning, two outs, um, and the guy hit it right over his head. He brings in a few RBIs, and we lose that game and then lose game seven after that. Yeah. So we've had some heartbreaks over here too. And that was our second year in a row to be there. Man. Boston, St. Louis. Or not St. Louis, um, San Francisco the year before that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then my my senior year, we uh, in college was the year Georgia went to the national championship against Alabama, and uh, you know I went to the I went to the Rose Bowl, which was incredible. Like I got you know as students, you get they have like a, a lottery and they Taco Bell sends a certain amount of tickets and and kids get drawn out of a hat, and I got a ticket to go. To California to see the Rose Bowl and none of my friends did not a single person and so my Ooh. wife you know she's my girlfriend or fiance at the time but she was like are you really going to go all the way over there by yourself like hell yeah I am like sure <laughs> why not and so got on a plane went over there by myself and watched it and came back um, but then the, the national championship dude I mean we were we had the game in control and then uh, you know the the infamous story of Tua, I guess, started and came in and took over the game. And I can't tell you how let down I was of that touchdown pass thrown on the last play. Like, we sacked the dude on, was it second second or third down, sack him, and it comes back. It's either third and fourth and, like, 20. And he throws a touchdown from, like, the 50-yard line. So, yeah, an Atlanta uh, sports fan, being an Atlanta sports fan sucks. So are you going to uh, declare to your college? Uh, we saw your list of top five schools yesterday. Are you going to 
declare yeah. Jack online? Yeah, so there was a mix-up on the first uh, the first list that came out. Um, I think somebody might have hacked my account and put the wrong schools out. Yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah, and, and Jack got pretty <laughs> upset, and he, you know, I noticed it, and so I had to go back and change it, and uh, you know, put the right list of schools out. My top yeah. five is just Seems UVA. Seems like you got it right. Yeah, it's just UVA five times. So yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> well. I put it out there originally with, you know, five schools and, and Jack was upset. And I said, you know, well, you're not there anymore, man. Like if you were still there, it'd be, it'd be in the top five, but. Oh gosh. Nah. Why'd you have to say that? Why'd you have to go and say that? <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it back at you a little bit. Because Garland liked one of them. Yeah. Oh, That's that funny. But anyways. Oh, did you guys see the uh, uh, women's wrestling? getting voted as an emerging sport. Yeah, that was awesome. Excellent. That's really big. That is so I mean, cool. We need women's wrestling to be to be good. So Yeah, I mean, for I sure. I want to fully support them because the more women's wrestling programs there are, there's going to be more men's programs, I think. And the more people that can watch it, the better. Who do you guys see as the first schools to to adopt it? Do we think it's going to be like a really big, you know, like a Penn State, Iowa, Oklahoma State, or is it going to be more of like from the bottom up? I mean, I thought originally uh, that Iowa was going to be that school when you had that contingent of girls out there. Um, you know, I don't know if that's going to be the case now, but I know you have other schools like, uh, I don't know, North Carolina has a couple women in their RTC. And, you know, I know, for instance, that Tony Ramos has been really progressive and pushing for stuff like that. So I could see them, but yeah, I think it will be a big school. Especially yeah. now with like Corona, <clears throat> uh, the Mac schools yeah. are trying to get rid of sports <laughs> pretty much. So I don't see it being from them and I don't see it being from the Pac-12. Probably a, a ACC, Big 12, a Big 10 school will probably get it first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see it. I want to see how it goes down. And um, I mean, just twice as much wrestling for us wrestling fans. So I, uh, I hope they get it going pretty soon and get it televised and, and all that kind of stuff. And I'll have twice as much wrestling to watch. So it's only a bad thing for my wife. So, <laughs> yeah, but all right, well, we'll go ahead and get into this thing um, and we'll get going. So the first thing we want to do is before we jump into it, we're just going to kind of briefly go back over where we're at um, and, in our quarterfinal matchups that are already set up, we have 2005 going to be taking on 2015. Um, and then 2018 is going to be taking on 2016. And 2013 taking on 2007. 2007 being our only upset, our only seed, you know, that was that upset a higher seed in the first round. Um, this last round we're about to go over 2014 versus 2004 and 2017 and 2019 um, so gonna be a, a whole lot of guys that are recent and if you're a younger listener you probably know a whole lot of these dudes versus some of the the later years that we've went through um, but we'll go ahead and get into this first duel and get started so for this first duel 2000 and oh wrong one 2003 or 2014 versus 2004. Um, 2014 is the number three seed and 2004 is the number 14 seed. 
Um, so getting into it, Earl, do you want to walk us through who is on the 2004 lineup? Yeah, and before we get started, um, I was saying that before we started recording, this is really kind of a weird year because we only ended up with two undefeated uh, national champions. Um, the Hodge Trophy winner went, <clears throat> it was a NAIA guy, Emmett Wilson from Montana State Northern. Um, the Hodge Trophy runner-up, uh, I know Jack could probably tell you more, it's Scott Moore from UVA, who was actually a third-place finisher. So the uh, third and fourth place guys were actually the only D1 guys that were national champions. So really kind of awkward year. Um, the 25-pound representative, Jason Powell from Nebraska, 133. Zach Roberson from Iowa State, 141. Cliff Moore from Iowa, 149. Jesse Jansen from Harvard, 157. Matt Gentry from Stanford, 165. Troy Letters from Lehigh. 174, Chris Pendleton from Oklahoma State, 184, Greg Jones from West Virginia, 197, Damian Hahn from Minnesota, and heavyweight Tommy Rollins from Ohio State. All right. And then on the other end of things, 2014, um, this is Jesse Delgado of Illinois, Tony Ramos of Iowa, Logan Steber of Ohio State, Jason Sertzis of Northwestern at the time, Alex Daringer of Oklahoma State, David Taylor, Penn State, Chris Perry, Oklahoma State, Ed Ruth, Penn State, Jaden Cox, Missouri, and Nick Gwizdowski from NC State. Um, so, we'll, looking at this thing, um, I think that the most that I, I heard about, I don't know, I mean, I think most people were kind of really looking forward to Ed Ruth, Greg Jones. Um, but where do you guys think's best to start? I mean, honestly, these last four are, are pretty stacked if you ask me um but where do you guys think we should start at i think ed ruth greg jones is the hardest one for me to pick cool yeah i'm good with that all right we'll start a good start with a good one in with a good one um so 197 pounds Jaden cox of missouri versus damian hahn of minnesota um earl do you want to start us off with damian hahn sure uh damian hahn was uh regarded as probably one of the best recruits of the last 20 years, one of the greatest guys to come out of New Jersey. He was the one seed here, a senior, went 33-1, and one, captured his second NCAA title, four-time All-American going 5-5-1-1. In the quarters, he beat Josh Burt 6-2. In the semis, he beat Ryan Bader 2-1. And for the title, he beat uh, Ryan Folsis from Iowa. I think it was 7-2. All right. You said this was his second title? Yeah, second title. He was also a third time, three-time Big Ten champ. Awesome. Um, and on the other end, 2014, um, you're actually going to have to help me out because I do not remember which year Jaden Cox that is. That's his uh, first one. It's his first one. Okay, so this is his freshman year. Um, I should have known that already. But Jaden Cox, as a freshman, comes into the tournament um, – and he hit uh, Nick Heflin in the finals, correct? Yeah. So, um, sorry, I'm, I'm pulling up the bracket here. It, it didn't load the way I wanted to have it up. Um, but this is, this is where the Jaden Cox story really started. Um, we all know where he's at today. You know, he's won two world titles and been basically untouchable for the last couple of years. But it all had to start somewhere. Um, 
and in 2014 he was a freshman he was the two seed um, and working his way through the tournament he hit Connor Hartman in the quarters Chris Penny in the semis and then Nick Heflin in the finals winning it two to one in the finals um, bunch of really good guys in this bracket uh, but it looks like you know I mean I guess they're kind of spread out you had Travis Rutt Nathan Burak Morgan McIntosh was the three seed that got upset. Um, Scott Schiller, Kyvin Gadsden, a lot of really good dudes in this bracket. Um, and, you know, Jaden Cox comes out on top as a freshman and, and sets it up for the potential four-timer. Um, doesn't, doesn't end up getting there. Gets three of them, but um, a lot of fun. I remember this was a cool year going because you had two freshmen win championships. And so – um, it was cool thinking that there was two guys that had the potential at the moment of of winning four. I think it's always cool when you see a freshman win because you know it sets up all kinds of all kinds of I don't know hope for you down the road. Uh, but Jaden Cox, um, I man, I Jack, what are you thinking on this one? I, I don't know too much about what a matchup with Damian Hahn would look like for Jaden Cox. Um, I'm not sure. I feel like when I watched Damien Hahn, John Strange, I'm sure that was a different Damien Hahn, but it looked like John Strange was kind of dominating him in terms of Damien Hahn couldn't get to his stuff. Um, John Strange really dictated the pace. And if I see that happening in this match again, I've got Jaden. Um, it looked like he kind of was in a backseat that whole match. And I, I personally think Jaden Cox is better than John Strange. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can't even get your stuff going, you're going to have a lot harder of a time finishing on Jaden if you only get in on once or twice. You know, I'll, I'll take Jaden in that battle any day because he's the best defender I've ever seen. Other yeah. than like maybe Chimizo, Chimizo, Jaden, um, Dean, before, Dean Howell before the, the danger rule. There's only a few guys that can not let anyone take them down. Yeah, and I mean, looking back at it, freshman year, Jaden was 38-2, and two, um, 54% or 43% bonus rate, sorry. But his losses were a one-point loss to Kyvan Gadsden, um, and then the other one was a 6-4 to four loss to Phil Wellington. Um, so, I mean, obviously, the, the Kyvan Gadsden loss, it's actually in sudden victory. It was 3-1 to one in sudden victory. Um, that's a, you know, it's, you know, there's not great losses, I guess, but losing to a national champion is not the worst. Um, and then, you know, six, four, Phil Wellington, but I'm not sure. Earl, what do you think? And my, my initial, my initial reading was, you know, knowing this was Jaden's freshman year was to lean towards Han, but, you know, looking back at it, seeing the quarter semis finals, you know, nobody got takedowns on Jaden. You know, those are all uh, one point, not one point matches, but the, his opponent got one point. So obviously escape or something. So um, even at that point, he was pretty dang tough to take down. So uh, I'll go with Jaden here. All right. Well, that makes it easy for me. Um, yeah, I'll round it out with Jaden as well. I think that's, that definitely is the difference for me. Um, 
is just his takedown defense is incredible and there's not a whole lot of dudes obviously he's proven in the world um, that can get to his legs and take him down so um, Jaden Cox is going to to get the win here for us and we're gonna go ahead and move on to the next match and so the next match is going to set up 2014 Nick Wisdowski versus 2004 Tommy Rollins and Earl kick us off with Tommy Rollins Tommy Rollins he was a senior this year, four-time All-American. He was actually the first four-time All-American for Ohio State, um, only the second multi-time champion for them. He went 2-1, 6-1. Um, he's two-time Big Ten champion. Uh, before Cole Conrad came around, he was the big rival with Steve Mako, and that kind of carried on throughout the freestyle circuit after both of their college careers went over. They battled a bunch of times for World Olympic spots. Um, Tommy finished his career at Ohio State as the all-time takedowns leader, which I thought was pretty unique from a heavyweight. Um, and he was built, he's like 6'3", long, um, you know, real different type of heavyweight. You could see him as a, as a high schooler, probably as a young kid at maybe 152, 160, then, you know, growing into the weight class, learning how to wrestle. Um, he beat in the quarterfinals Bodie of Gunwale. Uh, 8-6, and Leonce Crump, who played for a few years in the NFL, 5-2, and then Pat Cummins, uh, 6-2 in the finals. All right. Um, and on the other end, a, a familiar name is Nick Wisdowski of NC State. This was his first title. Um, he defeated Tony Nelson in the finals 4-2, and he actually set, you know, I'm looking at a, an article that someone we might know might have written on the open mat. Um, that Earl wrote, but uh, he 44 and two, 44 wins being the program record. I don't know if it still is. Um, that seems likely, but uh, at the time, it definitely was the program record. Uh, I bet it still is. But 44 wins is, is incredible in in high school alone, you know, let alone college. Um, but yeah, I, I remember that match, and like I said, the other show I, that was the year that. Uh, that was the year Minnesota was really close to winning a team title. Um, and I remember I was really pulling for Tony Nelson and Nick Wisdowski came out and just kind of, kind of won the match. And I mean, obviously won the match, but kind of just controlled the match and uh, got a, if I, if I remember correctly, got a late takedown to secure it. Um, and was Tony Nelson, Tony Nelson might've been kind of hurt a little bit that match, I believe something with his leg or something, but um Nick Wisdowski, yeah, controlled that match after getting beat by Nelson earlier in the year, um, set up his first national title. So he had a 59% bonus rate as well. Um, and I put the check on the wrong person. So uh, I'll kick it over to you, Jack. What do you think about this one? Um, man, I like Tommy Rollins a lot, but I just think that – Gwiz is a different breed of heavyweights, man. It's hard to go against him in his athleticism. Um, I've got Gwiz. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Earl, what do you think? I'm going to put the pressure on you. I'm going with uh, Tommy Rollins. If this was uh, even junior year Gwiz, um, you know, senior year too, uh, I'd probably give him the nod. But I, I think uh, – Tommy was too polished at this point, and uh, I don't know. I, I like him. They're both – it would be a great matchup because they're both 
you know, very athletic, good uh, offensively. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, looking, looking back at Tommy Rollins and pictures of the guy, he uh, certainly was, was more of that Gwizdowski kind of heavyweight. He wasn't just a, the big old roly poly up there at heavyweight. Um, he was a big old muscled up guy and, you know, in tremendous shape, very athletic. He won two national titles, the same as Gwiz did. Um, and I, I think I'm with you on this one. I think that if this was junior year or senior year, Nick Gwizdowski, I might've been leaning the other way. Um, but I'm going to pick Tommy Rollins on this one. Um, I just think that this obviously was a great year for Nick Gwizdowski, won his first national title, but I think that he got better as the years went on. Um, and I would, I'd give him more of an edge as the years went on, but this year, I think I'm going to give it to Tommy Rollins. Um, so I'll go Tommy Rollins and we'll tie the score up three to three and move to the top of the lineup. Looking at Jesse Delgado representing the number three 2014 team and Jason Powell representing the number 14 2004 team. Uh, tell us a little bit about Jason Powell, Earl. All right, so Jason Powell is a senior this year, three-time All-American, going uh, fifth, third, then first. Um, he actually was the one seed. Uh, it's weird. We'll see it a couple times here. He was the one seed, but he lost in the Big 12 finals to Sam Hayeswinkle. Um, he beat Rob Redman from Drexel in the quarters and then beat Sam in the semis six of three. And then going back to last week when we talked about Derek Moore, or last show, uh, Derek Moore, um, Jason Powell's final was kind of the same way where he gave up the first takedown to Kyle Ott then went on to tech him 17 to two. So another kind of crazy performance in the finals by a senior. Yeah. Um, and then on the other end of things, we've got Jesse Delgado. Um, I think the first thing that pops in my mind, at least when you think of Jesse Delgado is the crazy scrambles and leg passes. Um, this was his second national title. He went 31 and two this year with a 52% bonus rate. Um, his only losses on the year, those two losses came one to Nico Megalutis five to four and the other one to Thomas Gilman three to one. Uh, so, you know, obviously two, two losses that, that don't really bring your resume down very much because two of the best dudes to do it during that time period as well. Um, but in this year, he, in the, in the tournament, um, he was the one seed and he beat on his way. Wow. On his way to the finals, he beat Joey dance in the second round, Corey Clark, and then Dylan Peters and then Nashawn Garrett in the finals. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty, pretty hard route to the finals as the one seed. Um, other guys in the bracket are Timmy Lambert, Earl Hall, Josh Martinez, uh, Nico, Jared Patterson, David Terrell. I mean, there's so many good dudes in this bracket. Connor Utsi, who wasn't seated, and I'm pretty sure this is one of the years that he All-American. Um, actually, he did not All-American this year, but he was one of those guys that was frequently not a very high seed or not seated at all in, in aid. Um, so a lot of really good dudes in this bracket. Second title for Jess Delgado. Uh, Jack, what do you think about this? Um, mm, this is this is one of the ones that I think is really tough. Jason Powell kind of dominated his way through the tournament. 
and only had one loss in the year. It was like bonus, bonus, bonus decision over Hayeswinkle Tech Bowl in the finals. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, Delgado's route was definitely harder. Um, but I don't know if his weight class was harder. Um, it was Jason Powell, Sam Hayeswinkle, Matt Valenti, Joe Dubuque, Kyle Ott. I mean, it's pretty loaded as well. But that's what you're going to get from those 25s. I think this was kind of the beginning of 125 being really, really tough after Stephen Abbas kind of had his dominant run. I mean, Travis Lee. Travis Lee was there before him. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have a decision yet. Yeah, I saw it. Man, I don't know. Um, obviously – you know, I only know about Jason Powell as much as I was able to kind of like watch matches and, and watch tape on him and study up on that into things. Um, but from what it seems to me, I think that he was pretty dominant in this year. And, you know, the, the names that you're saying that he beat through the national tournament are, are a big deal to me. Um, some of the guys that, that Delgado beat obviously are, are a big deal on the other end of things too. But, um, for me, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, call me crazy, but like I'm going to go Jason Powell on this one, and I, I think it's because Delgado, obviously, was a two-time national champion, was great, um, but I, I'm almost kind of feeling like it might have been like a, a Ben Askren kind of effect at the weight during the time. Um, nobody could really scramble with him and, and really figure out what he was doing with all these leg passes and um, – and, and he thrived in those same kind of positions. And I don't know, like, I just, I think people kind of couldn't figure him out and that's why he won so many matches, but tell me if, tell me if I'm wrong, call me out, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go Jason Powell on this. Earl, what do you think? Man, I, I don't know. I feel like I've disrespected Delgado in the past and um, you know, he, you talked about his leg passes, a scrambling. Um, I don't, I don't know if uh, Powell would be able to have his way on the map with him. Um, you know, I, th I think Delgado was probably too good from that position. And uh, I'm going to go with Delgado. All right, Jack. No pressure. Mm. Give me the top guy. I'll go Powell. Powell. All right. Strictly biased on being good at top. <laughs> there we go. I wonder if Jason Powell ever had five minutes of riding time, five and a half minutes of riding time in his career. The most I've had is 629. Jesus. And I got, and I started on neutral every, every period. Wow. Okay. Was, oh, might've been more than that. I got 635 against DeSanto one year and the Vegas, Vegas for third. And I took him down three times. Man. And started on bottom once. I I got to admit, dude, I I was I watched you during the year and, and was pulling for for you and all kinds of different dudes. But in my bracket, when I picked through it, I had you and and Sebastian in the semis, and then I was like, oh, Sebastian's gonna win. Like it's, just, it's between Sebastian and Spencer Lee this year. Um, and man, did you completely change my view on that match? Beat the tar yeah. out of him. I should have um, should have done the same to Spencer, but yeah. you know, I I knew that people weren't respecting me. 
because even even people were loving on Bresser too. Mm-hmm. Like I was that fifth guy. I was kind of the guy that everyone counted out um, because being ACC, no one knew anything about our our conference, and so I kind of used that as some fire, and I definitely used it as an advantage. No one really watched my matches, so I could go in there free, do whatever I wanted. Yeah, no, that was that was definitely the thing for me when I was picking was was just the the ACC schedule, and I think it's the exact same thing with with uh with Mackay, right? That was what people were thinking. The same exact thing with him coming in was, you know, he was what, you know, twenty thirty something and one, um, and people were just like, okay, well, where where are the huge wins? But obviously, um, ACC is really tough and and. Yeah. No, yeah. that year I only wrestled two NCAA qualifiers before the tournament yeah. happened. But then I yeah. kind of made up for it because I got Mikhail McGee, who was, he was pretty tough in the round of 12 or in the second round, Ronnie Bresser, Sebastian, and then Spencer. So I feel like I kind of made up for it in that sense. For sure. That's a, that's a slate of guys to go through, but yeah. Um, We'll, we'll get back to this bracket move on. 133 pounds, Tony Ramos of Iowa uh, versus Zach Roberson. Um, I'll go ahead and take it over for Tony Roberson – or not Tony Roberson, Tony Ramos. Um, and for Tony Ramos, this was his senior season, finally capturing that elusive title. Um, he was the three seed. Uh, he came in I, – I don't remember exactly what his record is. I'll look it up in a second, but – um, he came in, and the one seed was Joe Cologne. The two seed was AJ Shop, um, and he defeated Zane Richards in round two, Mason Beckman, and then AJ Shop five to one, and before beating Tyler Graff three to one in overtime. The infamous stare down before the match that that was awesome. Uh, just watching that stare down made me want to run out there and jump on the mat and wrestle myself. Um, but Tony Ramos had a great career, was just kind of continuously inching his way up there towards that national title. Um, he made the made the finals as a junior against Steber, um, and that was a very kind of controversial match there um, where Tony locked up a cradle and took Steber over and didn't get the count. Um, and that, if he had got the count, might have – might have been his first national title. Might have stopped Steber from getting four. Um, but Tony Ramos, not much to say. National champ, two-time finalist, four-time All-American. And on the other end of things, Zach Roberson of Iowa State. Earl, tell us. All right, Zach Roberson was a senior this year, three-time All-American, going seven, four, and one. He was 31-3 and three in the fifth seed. Uh, he lost in the Big Ten finals to two-time uh, returning champion Johnny Thompson. Uh, in the quarters, he beat uh, Foley Dowd three to one. Uh, in the semis, he beat Travis Lee, the returning champion, at twenty-five six to three. And then in the finals, he beat Josh Moore five to four. All right. Well, I don't know, Jack. What do you think? Roberson was really tough. Um, like really good out of a hand fight. He would do this thing like a side pitch um, with the club and he would take everyone down with it. That's how he beat Travis Lee that year. I mean, I like him in the hand fight with Ramos. I think that he's actually a really good matchup. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think I've got to go Roberson just because of how he can handle a hand fight. Um, but Ramos is super tough for sure. Um, Correction, R- Ramos was a three-time All-American, not a four-time All-American. Um, I don't know. I got a hard time picking against Tony, um, especially in this year, just kind of a man on a mission. And so I'll go Tony, and I'll, I'll leave it to Earl. Yeah, initially I thought it was uh, all Ramos and, you know, for the reasons Jack said, I think it would just be a crazy, you know, intriguing matchup because, you know, Ramos would be forward pressure and that, you know, whatever you want to call it, shrug, shuck, whatever Roberson did was just unbelievable. And that was his go-to move. So in this instance, you know, I could see him getting a takedown or two on that uh, based on Ramos's strengths. Um, you know, all that being said, I still feel like Tony would find a way to win it. So I'm going to go with Ramos. All right. Um, cool. So Tony Ramos takes the win for 2014 and we will move to the next match, which is going to set up Logan Steber versus Cliff Moore. Uh, Logan Steber of Ohio state. This is his third national title. Um, and, and this tournament he was actually the two seed um, he came in the two seed because of a loss to a one Zane Rutherford earlier in the season um, when you know Zane kind of shocked the world and really made a name for himself um, Zane was the three seed in this tournament because he lost to Mitchell Port who was the one seed so um, Logan Stever through the tournament beats Anthony Colica 17 to 1 <laughs> tech over Anthony Colica which is pretty crazy um, beats Todd Preston and then Zane Rutherford in the semifinals. He takes out seven to three before hitting Devin Carter in the finals and getting the major decision 10 to one. Um, well, we all know Logan Stever. We know his, his illustrious career. He had, this was his third national title that set up uh, the, the final or the senior campaign for four. Um, and so obviously at this point, his career having wins like Tony Ramos, J.O. Mitchell Port, um, Zane Rutherford just has some of the best wins you can have on a college career. Um, and so there's not many guys that you can pick against or that you can pick over Logan Seaver. But uh, let's hear from Cliff Moore. All right. Cliff Moore was a senior this year. Also, the five seed went 33 and two, three time All American going 6 6 1. Uh, Big Ten champion. He beat Jason Mester from Central Michigan in the quarter 6 4. Uh, eat actually majored uh, Scott Moore from UVA 14 to 2 in the semis. Uh, mentioned earlier, Scott Moore was the Hodge Trophy runner up this year. He finished the, the year 50 and 1 with like 30 some pins. 34 pins, 34 yeah. Pins. Uh, after he lost in the uh, semis, he pinned both uh, Nick Gall or Nate Gallick and Tion Ware to get third place. Um, so he kind of stayed solid and caught Scott in some bad positions and beat him 14 to two and then beat the seven seed Matt Murray in the finals five to two. All right. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of discussion with, with Cliff Moore, maybe in our, our kind of chat for, uh, before this thing, Jack, what are you, what are you thinking about this? Are you, what are your thoughts on, on Cliff Moore and, and can he take out Logan Steber at this point? Uh, I've got Steber here. Um, 
Cliff Moore is super tough, and he obviously destroyed Scott, um, who is uh, was unreal for UVA, um, dominating, pinning everyone. I mean, I I was <laughs> arrogant freshman me was like, oh, let's see what some of these records are. I want to break some of them. I saw 34 pins, and I was like, yeah, nope. <laughs> the next one's like maybe half of that. Um, but what Scott Moore was able to do for our program was huge. Um, I think that was either Garland's first year as the head coach or the year before he was the head coach. But, um, yeah, I think that's a huge win on the resume. Um, definitely underrated. Scott Moore came and trained with, with me when I was, like, right right out of um, high school pretty much at UVA. So it was that summer. He came down with Ronnie Perry, and uh, and we worked out. And this dude cradled me about a thousand times in a in a practice. Uh, just pinned me over and over again. I'd get a couple of takedowns, and he pinned me and pinned me. I was like, leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, I think that being said, I, I mean, I don't really know much specifically about Cliff Moore, but I just don't. I think it's hard beating a junior Steber. Is this junior or senior? Junior, because he didn't win the title, or they didn't win the team title. Yeah, so it's hard to beat juniors, Steber. I mean, pretty impossible. No one really did it. Yeah, I mean, sure, dude was just lights out on top. Um, I'm going to follow suit and say Steber. Um, Are are we venturing into major territory? I know that, you know, it's crazy to talk about majors over national champs, but when you have Logan Steber and just – the insane rides and, and turns that he had on top. Um, do you guys think that we're, we're venturing that way? No. I, I would think like a, I don't know, five or six point decision, you know, comfortable win for Steber, but, but not yeah. major. Okay. So you got Steber as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of a side note about Scott Moore. Um, I had him for a podcast a couple of years ago and asked him about that specific match and his twin brother, Josh, who's now the head state, head coach at Cleveland State, he was the runner-up to Zach Roberson, and he was saying how he was too focused on watching his twin brother's match and, you know, kind of living and dying by what Josh was doing and kind of really just kind of went out and won- winged it out there more than focusing on, you know, what he was supposed to do. But, you know, that kind of thing that twins have. Yeah. Yeah, no, I that that's cool. Uh, it's really cool to see twin guys come into the sport and wrestle together. I think it's a really interesting dynamic. Um, my first year or second year coaching, um, we had twins on our team that were 160 and 170. Um, and these kids were just stupidly athletic, man. I mean, we didn't get them out to wrestle until like sophomore year. And so we got them out on the team. And they're just crazy athletic and, and man, like just, you knew these two kids, like if we could teach them a couple moves, we're going to be great. Um, and we were able to teach them and, and they just love the sport. And they, uh, they went from sophomore year, junior year, not even making the state tournament to senior year, both of them in the state finals. Um, and they both ended up winning it, but it was really, really crazy. Like you're talking about, um, to see the first one step on the state finals stage, win a state title, and a really crazy match coming down at the end, one-point match. Um, and then he 
He wins, gets his hand raised, doesn't even look happy. Like, doesn't look like he cares at all. Literally, like, you know, most people do do stuff, you know, they do flips or, you know, bows or whatever they do and run off. Um, well, he got his hand raised, ran over to the side of the mat and just sat his stuff down and sat down and started pulling for his brother and just, like, didn't even care. Didn't care what was going on. Just he was 100% attention directed on, on his brother. Um, and that second match was – wild man it went into uh ultimate rideouts and we ended up getting the win and so um, it was really cool to see that that kind of dynamic i think that's really an interesting thing in the sport for me um but we'll go ahead and move on 149 pounds jason Surtis of northwestern uh versus jesse jansen of harvard jason Surtis this year was his freshman campaign at northwestern um, dude kind of came out of out of nowhere, you know, as a freshman winning a national title. He was the five seed in the tournament, taking out James English in the second round. And then Dave Maple, or Dave Maple, wow, it's Kendrick Maple, but this is the bracket they have him as Dave Maple one time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he takes out Kendrick Maple two to one in overtime. Um, or his twin brother, Dave, whoever that was. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe evil twin Dave stepped in, and that's the reason that Kendrick Maple's not a two-timer. Who knows? Um, but the semifinals, he hits number one seed, Drake Hattischelt from Missouri, and beats him two to one in overtime. So two straight two to one wins in overtime. And then in the finals, Josh Kendig searches, takes him out in overtime three to one. So three straight overtime wins. Uh, for Jason Sturgis to wrap up his national title as a freshman. Um, yeah, over over three really, really good dudes. I mean, Kendrick Maple, Drake Hattishelt, and Josh Kendig, two of those guys ends up end up being national champs. Uh, so at this point in his career, we were really looking forward to to big things from Jason Sturgis. Obviously, you know, he had some, some troubles and, and transferred and ended up getting back on the podium later in his career and really had a good career. But um, starts it off with a national title. And so Jesse Jansen from Harvard. Tell us about him, Earl. Jesse Jansen was a senior this year. Uh, he was the one seed, went 38-1, uh, three-time All-American going third, third, first. He beat uh, David Dees in the quarters 10-5, Ryan Chirella in the semis 11-4, and then Zach Esposito in the finals 9-3. He has like held or shares pretty much every record there is uh in the harvard wrestling record book so that's he was also the ow of this tournament awesome um yeah i so again this is this is where we're getting back a little far for me um for jesse jansen but it it my only knock my only thing about jason certs is, is that he was definitely a guy that liked to win close matches, right? He only had a 36% bonus rate his freshman year, and that was the highest of his career. Um, it ends up later being 31% and then 8%, 14%. So he won a lot of decisions, a lot of really close matches. I think personally he was one of the guys that um, was kind of content by getting up by a few points and just you know riding out the win. Um, and not really pushing to his full potential where I think he could have got a lot more bonus points. Um, so I think that something like that might hurt him in this matchup. Um, but what do you, what do you see in Earl? What do you think about these guys? 
Yeah, um, you know, both of them were strong on top. Uh, Jesse Jansen was really known for his crab ride series. It's kind of funny how things go in flows, uh, ebbs and flows during wrestling as far as technique goes, because you had him, and then we're going to talk about Troy Letters later. They both really use that series to their advantage a lot. Um, and I, I remember coaching at this time, the high school level, you know, all the kids wanted to do that after watching these guys. Um, but, uh, you know, he was, he was solid all over the place, uh, not just on top. So I'm going to have to go with Jansen. Yeah. Um, what about you, Jack? What do you think? Yeah, I know Jansen's known for his top game. And I was thinking, like, he's known for his top game. Sertis is kind of known for his bottom game. Uh, his short sits and uh, hip heists were pretty unmatched. But when I think of – I don't know. I just – I don't see him being super solid everywhere else. I think I'm going to have to go Jansen as well. Cool. That makes it easy on me as well. I, I was going to also go Jansen. I'm just looking back at it. And I – I just I think it's a close match, and I can't get over the fact that Jansen really was kind of a bonus point machine. He had 50 pins at Harvard, really did everything he could when he stepped on the mat to to get the bonus points for the team, um, whereas Sertis kind of was just content with the win. And so I think that that, that little extra edge uh, pushes Jansen forward for me. Um, question, though, for you guys is uh, at 149 this year, uh, or at now at 149, but this year, this is the year that, we had freshman Jaden Cox and freshman Sertis, I kind of said earlier, both win titles. Um, I remember specifically, you know, I'm, I'm a huge wrestling, you know, dork, and this is my senior year in, in high school. I'm a little bit younger, but I remember having conversations with people thinking, like, who's the next four-timer? Out of these two guys, like, if one of them does it, who's more likely? Um, at this time, right after so this tournament just ends, who would you guys have picked? And then not knowing what happens in the future to have been more likely to be a four-timer. Sertis. And yeah. because I knew Kyle Snyder was coming. For sure. How about you, Earl? Yeah, I thought, I thought Jaden was better, but yeah, knowing Snyder was around. Yeah, I 100% agree. That, that was my thought, too. I thought, man, this guy's incredible. He's definitely going to be a... Uh, a multiple timer and, and has a sh better shot at winning four, especially in the, the, the weight range. I mean, you know, obviously Steber was down there and possibly could have came up, but um, I just remember thinking, you know, how magical that run was and those guys he beat, he's right up there and we could be seeing the start of something really great. Um, and Jaden was as well, but you know, I don't know. I think we all, we all lean the same way on that, but uh Jensen takes the win for 2004, and that's going to tie it back up at nine um, before we head to 157 pounds with Alex Daringer of Oklahoma State versus Matt Gentry of Stanford. Uh, kick it off with Matt Gentry for us, uh, Mr. Earl. All right, Matt Gentry was a junior this year. Uh, two seed, went 42-0. and 0. Uh, He actually ended up being a two-time Olympian for Canada in 08 and 12. I think in 12, he really pushed Jordan Burroughs to the brink in uh, one match of the Olympics. Not necessarily relevant here, but um, he was a Pac-10 champ. 
He beat Philip Simpson in the quarters, 8-2. Uh, returning champion Ryan Bertine in the semis, 6-4. And then Jake Percival for the title, 4-2. He actually did not All-American the next year. Um, he lost to our friend Trent Paulson in the quarterfinals in a uh, sudden victory. And then uh, someone else was uh, pretty tough for uh, the All-American round. But, yeah, uh, he was the first and only – national champion for Stanford. Yeah. Um, well, on the other end of things, Alex Daringer, this is his first national title. Uh, he starts off at the three seed in this tournament, um, running through Joey Lavalle in round two. Uh, Nestor, is it Tafur? And in the quarterfinals, hits Brian Rilbudo in the semifinals. And then in the finals, beats Jason Dylan Ness. They have Jason Ness in here. Yeah, they have Jason S all the way through the bracket. Wow. Uh, but Dylan Ness, thank God I know this. Um, Dylan Ness, he beats Dylan Ness in the finals 13-4. to four. Um, James Greeden was the one seed here. This is when Dylan Ness kind of had that, that crazy moment in Oklahoma City. I still remember where I was sitting. I remember looking across the mat and seeing him hit that gator bacon move on, uh, on James Green, which just ignited the crowd. It was insane. Um, but there's a whole lot of really good dudes in this bracket as well as, as those guys. Like I said, James Green, Dylan Ness, Isaac Jordan is a national finalist. You got Dylan Alton, Ian Miller, who, you know, made the semifinals multiple times, um, got cheated out of, out of a quarterfinal match at one point. Um, Taylor Walsh, uh, Derek St. John was the two seed that got upset by Brian Realbudo. Um, But, you know, Derringer went 31 or 32 and one on the year. This was his last loss in college in his sophomore campaign. He had two undefeated seasons to close out his career as well as a Hodge trophy in his senior year. Um, but you know, Alex Derringer, three-time national champ. This was his first. So man, I, again, like it, it's a hard one, but uh, I, I really can't pick against Derringer at a lot of, he's just one of those guys that I really can't pick against. Um, you know, his freshman year, he ended up getting third because he lost to Derek St. John, but, um, past that, I mean, he was really kind of untouchable. Obviously we, we said he had that one loss in his sophomore season, but I mean, I, I just remember like there, there's, I think FRL was kind of talking about it the other day. There's, there's several guys where, you know, you think of their name and, or you think of them during this year, you know, that year, and you're just, they're kind of next topic guys. And I think that Derringer definitely was that for his last three years. And there was really nobody that was going to beat him. Um, and so I'm going to pick Derringer in this one. I kind of disagree. I don't think that he was next topic at this point. I think after this year he was, um, I mean, he was the three seed going into it behind James Green and Derek St. John. Um, and was Nebraska in the Big Ten at this point? Yes. Okay. So I don't know if they had wrestled or not in the Big 12s. But I like Gentry here just because I know Gentry has a win over Percival who has a similar style to Daringer. So I think that he would match up really well with him. I think you're just trying to hurt me because Percival was the guy that took uh, Gilman out in our best to never win it round one <laughs> and I was so upset about that so I think you're just trying to bring up bad memories and every chance you get to say Percival's name you throw it in there uh, 
But all right, Earl, break the tie. Man, we're getting deep with these conspiracy theories with that uh, best to never win it tournament. Yeah. A lot of <laughs> feelings going on with that one. Goodness, I didn't know you were still thinking about that. Hey, you know what? The the champ lost in round one. So, uh, Thomas Gilman. Oh, my gosh. All champ right, lost well, in round two. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, this was a tough one for me. I I'd probably go with Gentry this year. Um, you know, undefeated, you know, beats a guy like Ryan Bertine, Percival. Those are two good ones. I, <laughs> I, could, really good I, I could I could tell I could tell by Jacob's face. Still pissed. Still <laughs> pissed. <laughs> How does Gilman lose in round one, Jack? That's a conspiracy. What do you want me to say? Uh, I want you and Seth to apologize. That's what I want you to do. <laughs> he was he was like one of our only one-time finalists in the tournament. Whatever. He got pinned by an unseated wrestler. <laughs> like, I don't know what, what can I say about that. Hater. <laughs> All right. Well, what do, we got to make a decision here. We did. We made it. Yeah, we made it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're still frustrated. <laughs> yeah. I think I was so frustrated. I think 2004 was about to pull off this upset. It really might. Like, I, I think it will. God. It really might. <laughs> Just trying to make me do more research. Y'all are pissing me off. <laughs> just keep all these guys around that i know what i'm talking about um but next one we have 165 david taylor of penn state uh versus troy letters of lehigh i fill us in on troy letters earl all right this was uh sophomore troy letters he ended up being a three-time all-american um he was a runner-up as a freshman uh one loss NCAA champion this year, the two seed. The only wrestler to beat him was Tyrone Lewis, who he beat in the finals five to two. In the quarters, he pinned John Clark uh in the first period and then beat Matt King uh four to two in the semis and he won the second of his three EIWA titles and uh probably would have been in the mix as a senior with Perry and Hendricks, but he had uh pretty much like a broken neck or something. Mm. yeah um well you know the on the other end of things david taylor not only david taylor but senior year david taylor 35 and 0 hodge trophy winning david taylor um 94 bonus rate guys he only missed I, I think he only had a decision twice and they were both tyler caldwell um, one of them was in the finals and it was six Oh, so we're takedown away from a major decision right there in the finals. Um, but if you guys vote against senior David Taylor, I, I might actually just turn this off and I'm not, quit. I'm not, um, but I'm not going so, bonus either. Oh, come on. No, I'm, Troy I'm, letters is 100% better than Tyler Caldwell. 100%. You can't, you can't say that it's going to be bonus. I can say whatever the heck I want. No, there's no right. way. There's yeah, I can say. No I can, there's see, literally no way. 
Here, here's this, how you so, do it. So this, this is what I was uh, talking about on Twitter yesterday. I, I knew there was somebody that was going to try to say bonus for David Taylor. There's no. And, oh, no, yes. No chance. No, no chance. Ch- this would no. be a very close match. Yes. All right, y'all can say whatever you want, but everyone's vote counts. And David Taylor, by major decision, is my vote here. <laughs> Um, oh and you know, How can I you say that even I get even if I get outvoted, <laughs> I don't give a crap. Um, David Taylor gets a major decision. I'm trying in this match. to save your wrestling integrity here. No, no wrestling integrity here. <laughs> How in the heck can anybody's wrestling integrity be be tarnished by saying David Taylor gets bonus points? Because Troy Letters is better than Tyler Caldwell, and it's not close, dude. I I don't care. This is the best David he Taylor. Kinda, he kind of bonus. Best Terrible. David Taylor that we saw in four years, and uh, he would—he would. Oh my God! I, yeah. Well, my vote's David Taylor by major decision, uh, but you guys are obviously, you know, smoking something before we got on the show. So, y'all just got David Taylor by decision, I guess. Yeah, overtime yeah. rideouts. <laughs> oh, don't try to piss me off even more, Jack. <laughs> oh my God! All right, if this isn't a major decision, it's freaking seven to zero. Okay. Um, oh my gosh! It's Five ridiculous. to three, and it's it's close. This is ridiculous. No. God. All right. Whatever. 2014 should have bonus points here, but they don't. I'm um, so frustrated right now. <laughs> you're <laughs> frustrated. But you still want bonus. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, I want bonus. David Taylor is possibly one of the best college wrestlers of all time. And he only won two titles, right? We're talking like I-, I talk about him up there with you know the the Dakes and Stevers and and all those guys. Mm. I mean, am I wrong for doing that? I think Dake's in a league of his own when you talk about those three guys. But I voted against him twice uh, the other day, so. <laughs> yeah, so. We all make one was pretty biased, so it's all good. Yeah, well, you'll make the right choice next time. Um, There's no way. You, like, you, didn't, you don't help your argument saying that the only two times he didn't get bonus were against Tyler Caldwell. Okay, well, has Troy Letters ever wrestled Tyler Caldwell? No, but I he's like the exact so. same. Y'all are just how can, how can you say that? Has any of these guys ever wrestled each other? <laughs> well, y'all are just <laughs> all like, oh, Troy Letters is obviously better than Tyler Caldwell, but he hasn't wrestled him. So where are you guys getting what you're saying? Yeah, but he's beating Easy. guys like Johnny Hendricks and Mark Perry. He's better on his feet, better on the mat. Um, like I guess where Caldwell maybe was better. What's Caldwell's best win? Has he beaten any of those guys? I feel like he just keeps it close with them. Not sure. I could tell you his he best losses, though. <laughs> that doesn't matter. <laughs> I can tell you my best losses, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Whatever. <sighs> Stupid. I. How am I pissed about winning? Like, my guy won, and I'm still mad. Um, but we'll move on. So I, Because your wrestling integrity is at stake with that win. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, 174 pounds, Chris Perry of Oklahoma State versus Chris Pendleton, also of Oklahoma State. Uh, for Chris Perry, this is the year that uh, I believe this is the year that he beat Andrew Howe in the finals. Um, and, you know, we kind of talked about it the other duel when we had Chris Perry and his other national championship. 
Um, and the first national championship for Chris Perry, he, to me and listening to him on another podcast, just kind of walk, like not walk through it to the title, but kind of just, just wrestled and, and ended up winning a title. Um, this year, Chris Perry was a whole different animal. Dude had a vision quest was on a mission. Um, everybody was kind of discounting him. I mean, he, he's a national champion at this point. And Andrew Howe comes back in and everybody's all like, yep, Howe's going to win. Howe's going to win. Chris Perry's got no chance. Um, and I think that that really fueled his fire and, and pissed him off. And um, he got to work and just – I believe he beat him in the Big 12 finals and the NCAA finals, right? Yep. Yeah, so he beat him in the Big 12 finals, um, setting himself up as the number one seed in the tournament. Um, takes out Mike Evans in the semifinals three to two and then beats Andrew Howe, not only beats Andrew Howe in the finals, but beats him four to nothing. Um, very, very, uh, you know, handled match. Um, looking back at this bracket, man, there's some dudes in this thing. Um, on the top side, obviously you had Chris Perry, but in one quarterfinal you had Matt Brown versus Mike Evans, Matt Brown, eventual national champion, um, Mike Evans, uh, it, you know, as an Iowa fan, one of one of my favorite guys in the past decade. I uh, how can you not dig the porn star mustache? Um, I absolutely loved that guy. It's the porn star stash and the attitude. Yeah, he, uh, he embodied Iowa wrestling for me. Um, but the quarterfinals at the bottom like are insane. Robert Kokesh versus Logan Storley and Tyler Wilps versus Andrew Howe. I mean, Storley's a four-time. AA. I think Kokesh is either three or four time AA was a one seed at one point. Tyler Wilps was a finalist. Andrew Howe is a national champ. Um, but this was, was a good one, man. Battle of the national champs in the finals. Chris Perry takes the win. Um, and on the other end of things, Chris Pendleton. Tell us about Chris Pendleton in 2004, Earl. This is uh, junior year Chris Pendleton, first NCAA title. He went 33 and one. This is the year that he lost to Ben Askren in the Big 12 finals. Um, he was a uh, third place finisher the year before. Um, in the quarters, he majored Pete Friedel 14 to three. He pinned Ryan Lang in the semis and he beat Askren for the title 11 to four. Um, that was his only regular decision of the tournament, a seven point win over Ben Askren. God, I'm torn. Um, Jack, what do you think? I'm leaning Perry. Um, I like the top. I like that he kind of slows it down. I think that he matches up really well with Pendleton. Um, I don't know. I think that Pendleton kind of has this aura about him because he beat Ben Askren before Ben Askren was Ben Askren sort of thing. Yeah. But, like, part of me wants to say that that was just a matchup. Like, the worst matchup for Ben was a guy that is so good on his feet, has great technique, lightning quick with that technique as well. Yeah. Um, but I like that the Perry can slow it down, can get on top. He's very hard to score on. You know, that 174 weight class from that time, I don't know. I feel like they were all – Outside of Perry and Howe, especially this year, like the the uh, Matt Brown, Mike Evans, Logan Storley, Kokesh, um, Wilps, I feel like they were all like 
kind of the same level, which made it exciting. I think it's going to be like one if Yanni doesn't bump up, it's like 149 next year. Like that weight's yeah. going to be exciting because they're all like similar level, but none of them are like maybe like where a, a Jordan Oliver would be or Kyle Dake or Zane Rutherford is. I feel like yeah. that was kind of how this weight was. Or Troy Letters. Or Troy Letters, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Throw Troy Letters in this bracket. Dude does an AA. Okay, there you go. Which bracket? Um, I'm just kidding. You're making him bump up a weight class and (laughs) (laughs) Uh, whatever, but I've got Perry. I've got Perry. I like that. He can slow it down and get on top. Yeah. I I agree with what you said about the bracket being so much fun because of that reason. And like, even the year before with Chris Perry, before he won a national title, you could definitely lump him in with all those guys. Um, He kind of broke through and won it, but you definitely were looking at, you know, all these guys kind of came up together and, and one of them had to win it, but you didn't really know who because they all kind of had wins over each other. Um, and I remember, you know, one match to point out in here was was that Storley over Kokesh match, which I don't know if Earl was on. I think it might have been somebody else when we talked about it last time. But um, I don't know if you remember that match when Storley and Kokesh were wrestling. Kokesh was up by one point with like 10 seconds left and decides to turn and run away. And Storley just dove at his legs and – and got the two with like five seconds left. It's crazy. Um, but that sounds really weird. <laughs> <laughs> like I really, it's like hard for me to believe you. What do you mean? Like, I know you're not lying, but it's like, just what, who in their right mind just decides to turn and run. <laughs> like, Look seconds. it up. <laughs> Look it up. My wrestling integrity <laughs> is absolutely fine. Like, I, I am correct here. Okay. I remember this crap. No, I believe you. I just um, think that it's weird. It's he did weird. it. Well, he did it twice too, because they, they came around and they wrestled again for third and fourth and Storley beat him again. And this time Kokesh didn't run away that time, but like, um, and I say run away. It's not like the dude literally turned the other direction. And just took See, off. That's running, what I'm imagining right now. No, but like he was <laughs> like arms up and everything. Well, you know how it is. Like you, you get ahead by a couple points, last seconds, they're kind of like staying away. Um, and he over. like, even more so like usually you kind of at least stay in and like kind of push people away. Um, yeah. But he just literally kind of like ran almost. Um, and it, it was a really cool finish. Um, but Earl, I'm going to give it to you. Cause I, I don't, I still, I'm still having, having trouble. I think I know where I'm going, but I, <clears throat> I want to see if you're going to make it interesting or not. Yeah. My first inclination was to take Pendleton, but uh, you know, beating Hal back to back the way he did, uh, kind of especially the second time was so decisively even though it was you know only four nothing it, it was all parry that match um, I do think he'd be able to slow Pendleton down and I'll go with Perry all right yep I, I'm gonna go the same way um, yeah I, I was leaning Perry but I was interested to see if you were gonna go Pendleton or not um, I just yeah again if it's a different year it might be different for me but um, you know, 2014, Chris Perry was was on a mission, and I don't think there's many people that were going to deny him. Um, but if y'all want to get into, like, some transitive property or some crap, we can start talking about Hal versus Askren, and then you guys can use that to uh, to your advantage for all your matches. And you know, I'm a like big transitive property guy. Yeah, obviously. Um, you know, because Troy Letters would beat Tyler Caldwell, although they never wrestled. Oh, my God. <laughs> If you come up with Tyler Caldwell's best win for me, then I will think about it. 
Uh, Andrew Howe. Whatever. Yeah. Andrew Howe, he beat Andrew Howe. Yeah. Yeah. uh, 11 NCAA semis to wrestle Jordan Burroughs. Okay. Troy Letters' best win is either Johnny. Did he ever wrestle Johnny? Because he was seated above him. I know the next year, I think he lost to him during the regular season. Because he was the one seed in the 2005 tournament. Yeah. Okay, no, I'm sorry. The, his senior year, he lost to Hendricks. He might have beat him that 2005 season. Because right now it's Ryan Chirella, and I would take Ryan Chirella over either of those guys too. Moving on. I smell a Twitter <laughs> poll. Whatever. They wrestled. They wrestled. Yeah, I have to look. Yeah, look on the Twitter poll and see. Yeah. Um, what, what are you saying? Twitter poll between who? Uh, Caldwell Letters, uh, Taylor Letters. Caldwell Letters is absolutely going on Twitter right here in a minute. No, Um, that's dumb. That is dumb because people have no idea who Troy Letters is. Are you whining? Are you worried about your wrestling integrity? Because my guy's going to win. Troy Letters' best win was Johnny Hendricks. Not a bad one. I'll take Andrew Howe. In 2005. I'll take Andrew Howe. Oh, my gosh. I'll take Andrew Howe all day. Oh my gosh, that is you're just you're just <laughs> being ignorant at this point. Like I don't even uh, stubborn. That was stubborn. Andrew Howe beat. Uh, you take Andrew beat. Howe over Johnny Hendricks? Yeah, mm-hmm. I will absolutely. Let's get on this next match. I'm ready to piss y'all off more. Andrew Howe beat <laughs> Kyle Day. Because I know who I'm going with already. Whatever. All right, Ed Ruth versus Greg Jones. Um, apparently Jack already knows who he's going with, but at this point in his career, <laughs> where is Greg Jones, Earl? This is his junior season. Uh, he won a title already as a freshman, didn't place as a sophomore, uh, was 26 and 0 this year, one seed. He beat Brian Glenn in the quarters, three, two, beat Paul Bradley in the semis, eight, three, and Ben Heiser for the title, 10-5, and he won the third of his four EWL championships. All right. Um, this year for Ed Ruth uh, was, I believe, his senior campaign, um, winning his third national title. He went 38-1. and one. Wait, I don't think it was. Was it? Yes, sir. Because I thought this was the year that he was seated second, and he got beat by... No, this he, is the, he, he, he was, was seated. He lost to Dean. He was yes, yeah. He was seated second because oh, uh, Shep Talk. Shep Talk was the one seed because he was undefeated. Headlock Shep Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if Jack would let me finish my spiel, he would understand okay, sorry, all these I'm things. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Thirty-eight and one. <laughs> his only loss coming to Gabe Dean. He was the two seed at the tournament behind Headlock Shep Talk. See, all of those things that you just asked about were coming right after when you ignorantly jumped in. Ignorantly. Um, 87% bonus rate. Uh, I mean, Ed Ruth goes through the tournament, pin, tech, major, and then a 5-3 to three win over Gabe Dean in the semifinals, which was controversial. And uh, uh, Gabe Dean could have possibly even gotten that win. There was a situation um, like a, a rear-standing – 
position Gabe Dean I think like Grambied out of it something I some kind of weird situation where it could have went the other way but Ed Ruth uh, wins that match and then hits headlock Sheptock in the finals and uh, there unfortunately were no headlocks it was a seven to two win for Ed Ruth so Jack good fill us in you you know what happens Greg Jones yep he's too dominant so I, I saw a guy, I, I got to figure out if, if he ever commented back. But there was a guy on Facebook that commented and said, uh, like, he said, I picked Greg Jones in this match. There's only two guys in the history of the weight class that I would pick over Ed Ruth, and one of them is Greg Jones. Um, I, Did he I, say who the other one was? That's what I commented and asked, and I, I can't – I'm going to go try to find it. Um, but – Earl, Why tell would you us. not do that? Now I feel like I, I really need to know. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I was dying. I was like, no, Bo, you got to right? tell me. Yeah. Nickel. Got to be. I, I don't know. Um, but, Earl, tell us what are you, who you got in this match. Or, Jack, you can explain yourself and not just say a name. <laughs> no, I'm going Greg Jones. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, Earl, tell us. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm a deciding vote, even though I'm uh, going up second. I got to tell this already. Um, man. Are you saying yeah, you're this... the deciding vote because you know where I'm going? Yeah, you're going so. at Ruth. How yeah, do you know? You, so. don't, you don't know anything you're going about Ed my vote. <laughs> you don't know crap about my vote, all right? You're going Ed Ruth. It's fine. We know. I don't even know crap about my vote right now. So <laughs> I'm trying to find this this comment though but i don't know who, who do you got earl uh, i don't know i'm trying to stall a little bit but uh <laughs> i'll admit it um i'm leaning towards greg jones man he was i don't know i think he was the best wrestler this this year um i can't believe he didn't get the hodge but it is what it is um yeah and, and I, I think i probably would have been even more decisive of was 2004 Greg Jones but even or I'm sorry 2005 Greg Jones but even even 2004 I'm, I'm good with it he's he was uh probably the best offensive guy of uh, his era so good so good from his feet well I think this one would be a blast to watch mm-hmm. but I don't see Ed Ruth I don't see Ed Ruth beating them I really don't No one touched Greg Jones. Oh, yeah. I. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I think. <sighs> tiebreakers. 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 Y'all already went 2-0 for Greg Jones. Yeah. Well, no, like a total tiebreaker. Oh, you say yeah, no, it's 15-15. Oh, God. Oh, I didn't even realize <laughs> that. <laughs> what final, oh, what no. What are you choosing? All right. You said what? Who are we going to choose for second? Hey, you don't have my vote yet. All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had your um, vote a while ago. Really? <laughs> really? Seriously? Who's my vote? You're going Ed Ruth. Yeah, baby. I'm going Ed Ruth. <laughs> I got Ed Ruth. Um, come on. Dude, Ed Ruth. Um, I, I, honestly, that, that match is so close. I don't know. I could see, I could see it going both ways. Um, but in, in the interest of, of possibly pissing Jack off again, yeah, I'll take Ed Ruth. Um, so, but my vote does matter, but 
Um, it, it didn't in the grand scheme of things. So 15 to 15. And uh, we're, we're going to go with, with what I – well, I guess we can decide whatever we want to do because we're doing this thing. But I've got a good one that we can talk about. Okay. If we're going to choose a finalist, like a runner-up match, I like this one. Tyrone Lewis versus Tyler Caldwell. <laughs> oh my god hey i well i thought the deal was so somebody commented on facebook and said like basically if it ever happened to just pick a random weight and take those two guys because at least they're the same weight and you're not trying to pick a tyrone lewis to smash a tyler caldwell okay um that's fair then let's just pull it out of a hat i don't I know guess. like do you guys off the top of your head remember these these runner-ups and no i've got them right here so kyle ott versus nation garrett would be 125 josh moore tyler graff would be 133 matt murray devin carter would be 141 zach esposito josh kindig would be 149 jake percival dylan ness would be 157 which would be a fun one tyrone lewis tyler caldwell 165 ben asker and andrew howe 174 that's it 184 ben heiser <laughs> Jimmy Sheptock, uh, 197, Ryan Fulsis, Nick Heflin, and then heavyweight Pat Cummins, and, uh, Tony Nelson. I, I guess we got to do two out of three votes to determine this one, but my vote is, is definitely Askren Howe. I'm with either. I'm with either on that one. Yeah. But, I mean, if it's, if it's going to be 65, then 2004 is winning. Well, I'm just thinking, like, which of those matches would not only be fun to talk about, but, like, could go both ways. You know, we're not just, like, picking a year just to pick – you know, this guy. Exactly. Okay, I, then let's go 74, because that one... Yeah. They're, bo- I, they're both eventual Nash, or I guess Howard won his by this point. Yeah. Um, I think this is a good place to talk about him, too, yeah. Um, man, so, yeah, our uh, our match to decide the duel is going to be 2014 Andrew Howe versus 2004 Ben Askren. Man, um, this, this is the year Ben Askren that beat Chris Pendleton. And for Andrew Howe, this is his like you know twenty eighth year in college, and uh, <laughs> and he had already won a national title at this point. Um, all right, uh, Jack, you, what do you think? I get to start it. Okay. Yeah. Um, man, I just like the funk. I like the funk in this situation. Andrew Howe is kind of a stiff as a board wrestler. I feel like, but I always feel like. Um, I kind of choose against how I think that he's better than what I think. I don't know. Six seed freshman Ben Askren. I I just think the matchup, the matchup's got to be Askren. The funk beats the, the, the stiffness, the strength of Andrew Howe. All right. Sorry, Earl. Uh, Andrew Howe is going to win this match and, and we'll leave it to Earl, but uh, Andrew, I got Andrew Howe at this point. Pure pride right now. Not, pure no, pride. it is absolutely not. No, <laughs> listen, listen. And uh, you know, let me talk. So Andrew <laughs> Howe at this it point. Off. At, no, I, <laughs> I just, I got my vote in. Okay. Okay. Uh, but Andrew Howe is going to win this match. And that is because Andrew Howe at this point, um, is a national champ he's been wrestling this is his senior year he's been dominating people for four years aside from chris perry and you know battles with, with burrows and other guys like that but um 
uh, at this point, Ben Askren, yes, is kind of clear the number two guy, but, um, you know, consistently gets beat by Chris Pendleton. And, and at this point in his career, um, I'm going to take Andrew Howe. Um, if this was a senior versus senior, I would definitely be going Ben Askren. Um, but I'm going to take Andrew Howe at this point in their careers just because of, of the years and what we're talking about. I got Howe. Earl. All right. So this, this point in time with Andrew Howe, um, his best days were 2010 undefeated at 165 pounds. Um, you know, he was really, really good um, at 174, but I don't think he was quite the same guy. Um, this year. Um, great stylistic matchup. Um, I'm going Askren. The upset. The three seed goes down. Oh, this is crap. This is absolute crap. Oh, oh whatever. Gosh. So, wow. Okay. All right. Well, Askren, the, the tiebreakers. Um, and, you know, Earl just votes with Jack no matter what. That uh, is not true. <laughs> I, I, th- I think the first four weeks, me and him were opposite. Whatever. Whenever, whenever it yeah, is uh, clearly defined. Did you, ever... Del- Did you choose Delgado or Powell? Yeah, yeah, I chose Delgado. I think wow. I and then he chose Roberson. Ramos because I chose yeah. Roberson. Yeah. And we went same on Sieber, I'm assuming. Yeah, no collusion. Yeah. Hey. No collusion. That's absolute BS. Because every time me and Jack went different ways, Earl seemed to to go with Jack. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we got it done. Sixteen to fifteen, two thousand and four, with the upset over the three seed. We have two upsets in a row. Um, but we uh, we can go ahead and put a bow on this one. Sixteen fifteen, two thousand and four moves on, and we are about. Thank you again for listening in to episode number 27 of the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. We look forward to seeing you next time for the final match of the first round where the number 6 2017 champs take on the number 11 2019 champs. That episode will be dropping tomorrow, so make sure to give it a listen. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you as always.